Good afternoon. Today is Thursday, January 9th, 2020. I'm going to go ahead and record evening prayer a little bit early this evening. At the time when I would usually say evening prayer, I have a meeting with my priest, which is really great because we haven't been able to get together in a while. But I didn't want um, to miss out on evening prayer with y'all. So I'm going to record this early. And of course, I know that God's timing is perfect, so you'll be listening to it at just the right time <laughs> for you, that is, for each of you. Our readings this evening are Psalm, Psalms 131 and 132, Isaiah 45, 14 through 19, Colossians 1, 24 through 2, 7, and John, the Gospel of John 8, 12 through 19. Almighty, everlasting God, let our prayer in your sight be as incense, the lifting up of our hands as the evening sacrifice. Give us grace to behold you, present in your word and sacraments, and to recognize you in the lives of those around us. Stir up in us the flame of that love which burned in the heart of your Son as he bore his passion, and let it burn in us to eternal life and to the ages of ages. Amen. Yours is the day, O God, yours also the night. You established the moon and the sun. You fixed all the boundaries of the earth. You made both summer and winter. Dear friends in Christ, here in the presence of Almighty God, let us kneel in silence and with penitent and obedient hearts confess our sins so that we may obtain forgiveness by his infinite goodness and mercy. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry and we humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us, that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways, to the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, have mercy on us. Forgive us all our sins through our Lord Jesus Christ. Strengthen us in all goodness, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep us in eternal life. Amen. O God, make speed to save us. O Lord, make haste to help us. Praise to the Holy and Undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. O gracious light, pure brightness of the ever-living Mother in heaven, O Jesus Christ, holy and blessed, now as we come to the setting of the sun and our eyes behold the vesper light, we sing your praises, O God, creator, incarnate, and holy spirit. 
You are worthy at all times to be praised by happy voices, O Son of God, O giver of life, and to be glorified through all the worlds. Psalms 131 and 132. O God, my heart is not lifted up, my eyes are not raised too high. I do not occupy myself with things too great and too marvelous for me, but I have calmed and quieted my soul, like a weaned child with its mother. My soul is like the weaned child that is with me. O Israel, hope in God from this time on and forevermore. O God, remember in David's favor all the hardships he endured how he swore to God and vowed to the mighty one of Jacob, I will not enter my house or get into my bed. I will not give sleep to my eyes or slumber to my eyelids until I find a place for God, a dwelling place for the mighty one of Jacob. We heard of it in Iphrath. We found it in the fields of Jar. Let us go to his dwelling place. Let us worship at her, <clears throat> Let us worship at her footstool. Rise up, O God, and go to your resting place, you in the ark of your might. Let your priests be clothed with righteousness, and let your faithful shout for joy. For your servant David's sake, do not turn away the face of your anointed one. God swore to David a sure oath from which she will not turn back. One of the sons of your body I will set on your throne. If your sons keep my covenant and my decrees that I shall teach them, their sons also, forevermore, shall sit on your throne. For God has chosen Zion. She has desired it for her habitation. This is my resting place forever. Here I will reside, for I have desired it. I will abundantly bless its provisions. I will satisfy its poor with bread. Its priests I will clothe with salvation, and its faithful will shout for joy. There I will cause a horn to sprout up for David. I have prepared a lamp for my anointed one. His enemies I will clothe with disgrace, but on him his crown will, his crown will gleam. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Isaiah chapter 45, verses 14 through 19. Thus says God, The wealth of Egypt and the merchandise of Ethiopia and the Sabaeans, tall of stature, shall come over to you and be yours. They shall follow you. They shall come over in chains and bow down to you. They will make supplication to you, saying, God is with you alone, and there is no other. There is no God besides her. Truly, you are a God who hides herself, O God of Israel, the Savior. All of them are put to shame and confounded. The makers of idols go in confusion together. But 
Israel is saved by God with everlasting salvation. You shall not be put to shame or confounded to all eternity. For thus says God, who created the heavens, she is God, who formed the earth and made it. She established it. She did not create it a chaos. She formed it to be inhabited. I am God and there is no other. I did not speak in secret in a land of darkness. I did not say to the offspring of Jacob, seek me in chaos. I, God, speak the truth, and I declare what is right. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God. Canticle A, A Song of Wisdom Wisdom freed from a nation of oppressors, a holy people, and a blameless race. She entered the soul of a servant of God, withstood dread rulers with wonders and signs. To the saints she gave the reward of their labors and led them by a marvelous way. She was their shelter by day and a blaze of stars by night. She brought them across the Red Sea. She led them through mighty waters, but their enemies she swallowed in the waves and spewed them out from the depths of the abyss. And then God, the righteous, sang hymns to your name, and praised with one voice your protecting hand. For wisdom opened the mouths of the mute and gave speech to the tongues of a newborn people. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity. One God, as it was in the beginning, is now and will be forever. Amen. A reading from Colossians chapter 1 verse 24 through chapter 2, verse 7. I am now rejoicing in my sufferings for your sake, and in my flesh I am completing what is lacking in Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body, that is, the church. I became its servant according to God's commission that was given to me for you. to make the word of God fully known. The mystery that has been hidden throughout the ages and generations, but now has been revealed to his saints. To them God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. It is he whom we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone in all wisdom so that we may present everyone mature in Christ. For this I toil and struggle with all the energy that he powerfully inspires within me. For I want you to know how much I am struggling for you and for those in Lodica and for all who have not seen me face to face. I want their hearts to be encouraged and united in love so that they may have all the riches of assured understanding and have the knowledge of God's mystery, that is, Christ himself, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I am saying this so that no one may deceive you with plausible arguments. 
For though I am absent in body, yet I am with you in spirit, and I rejoice to see your morale and the firmness of your faith in Christ. As you, therefore, have received Christ Jesus the Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God. Canticle Q, a song of Christ's goodness. Jesus, as a mother, you gather your people to you. You are gentle with us as a mother with her children. Often you weep over our sins and our pride. Tenderly you draw us from hatred and judgment. You comfort us in sorrow and bind up our wounds. In sickness you nurse us, and with pure milk you feed us. Jesus, by your dying we are born to new life. By your anguish and labor we come forth in joy. Despair turns to hope through your sweet goodness. Through your gentleness we find comfort in fear. Your warmth gives life to the dead. Your touch makes sinners righteous. Lord Jesus, in your mercy, heal us. In your love and tenderness, remake us. In your compassion, bring grace and forgiveness. For the beauty of heaven, may your love prepare us. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to John. Glory to you, Lord Christ. John chapter 8, verses 12 through 19. Again Jesus spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Then the Pharisees said to him, You are testifying on your own behalf. Your testimony is not valid. Jesus answered, Even if I testify on my own behalf, my testimony is valid, because I know where I have come from and where I am going. But you do not know where I come from or where I am going. You judge by human standards. I judge no one. Yet even if I do judge, my judgment is valid. For it is not I alone who judge, but I and, the, I and God who sent me. In your law, it is written that the testimony of two witnesses is valid. I testify on my own behalf, and the God who sent me testifies on my behalf. Then they said to him, Where is your God? Jesus answered, You know neither me nor my God. If you knew me, you would know my God also. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ.
the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, her only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God in heaven. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. God be with you and with all of us. Let us pray. Our Mother in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your queendom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the, for the queendom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. In place of suffrages, we're going to use um, prayers from Enriching Our Worship, Volume 2. We pray for the world and the church, particularly for God's healing grace. Let us name before God those for whom we offer our prayers. The friends and family, all of those affected by the crash of the Ukrainian airliner and all of the people who were on it. All of us, for I believe the entire globe is impacted by the situation in the Middle East. I particularly pray for those countries whose economic, political, physical situations are impacted by the crisis between Iran and the United States. I pray for all those countries that are caught up in actions either direct or by proxy. I pray for the Jewish peoples here in America and everywhere, God, that the ugliness of anti-Semitism and violence against Jews is resurging, is abominable. And I pray for all of us that we be not inactive bystanders, but that we step in. I pray that we have discernment, that, that God calls us to action and shows us clearly what our action should be and then grants us the courage to take it. I pray for all of those oppressed, God, 
and I pray for the oppressors. I pray particularly for people in majority groups and positions of power who feel frightened and threatened. Help them to see that there is something greater than their personal power at stake here. And that by giving, that by doing what they might see as giving up personal power or power of their particular group to those who have long been disenfranchised and disempowered, we all gain power. We globally become stronger and healthier. And it is not a giving up, but it is a sharing that multiplies. For too long, minority groups of all kinds, and that looks different in different countries and different places, have been oppressed and dehumanized and abused in terrible, horrific ways, and it is time for it to stop. God, open our eyes and help us all to see each other as human. Help us to lift each other up. Help us to inspire each other to be our best, truest, healthiest, kindest selves the people that you created us to be. God, I, re I repent on behalf of all the peoples of your world for what we have done to this earth that you entrusted us. The pollution and the mistreatment of the earth itself, overpopulation and urban sprawl and the homes that we live in that take up more space than we need to and the the water and the food and the resources that we waste i repent on all of this and god i focus particular prayer on australia and other nearby areas that have been so affected by drought and fire in their summer seasons. God, you are the living water in every way. And I pray that you intercede for healing in these areas, that you quench the fires and that you bring rain, God, and that the drought ends. And being back to this, this most very basic prayer for a very basic need illuminates how far we have come away from the bounteous provision that you have given us. So God, I ask for restoration and reconciliation and healing for all of your people and all of your creation. from your beloved children, the beloved Jewish people, to even the camels 
in Australia, God. Every blade of grass, every feather, every hair. I entrust to you and I beg you to make right what we have wronged and to forgive us and that we may be part of the healing process. I pray, God, for all of those who grieve, whatever stage of their grief they are in. I pray that we not rush ourselves and others through our grief, but that we have the strength to come alongside each other as we grieve. Not pushing, not chastising, not entering, not uttering empty platitudes, but simply and truly being present, seeing each other in and seeing each other through our grief. Amen. Let us offer our prayers for God's healing, saying, hear and have mercy. Holy God, source of health and salvation, hear and have mercy. Holy and mighty, wellspring of abundant life, hear and have mercy. Holy Immortal One, protector of the faithful, hear and have mercy. Holy Trinity, the source of all wholeness, hear and have mercy. Blessed Jesus, your holy name is medicine for healing and a promise of eternal life, hear and have mercy. Jesus, descendant of David, you healed all who came to you in faith. Hear and have mercy. Jesus, child of Mary, you embrace the world with your love. Hear and have mercy. Jesus, divine physician, you sent your disciples to preach the gospel and heal in your name. Hear and have mercy. Jesus, our true mother, you feed us the milk of your compassion. Hear and have mercy. Jesus, son of God, you take away our sin and make us whole. Hear and have mercy. Jesus, eternal Christ, your promised spirit renews our hearts and minds. Hear and have mercy. Grant your grace to heal those who are sick, we pray to you, O God. Hear and have mercy. Give courage and faith to all who are disabled through injury or illness, we pray to you, O God. Hear and have mercy. Comfort relieve and heal all sick children we pray to you O god hear and have mercy give courage to all who await surgery we pray to you O god hear and have mercy support and encourage those who live with chronic illness we pray to you O god hear and have mercy strengthen those who endure continual pain and give them hope. We pray to you, O God, hear and have mercy. Grant the refreshment of peaceful sleep to all who suffer. 
we pray to you, O God, hear and have mercy. Befriend all who are anxious, lonely, despondent, or afraid. We pray to you, O God, hear and have mercy. Restore those with mental illness to clarity of mind and hopefulness of heart. We pray to you, O God, hear and have mercy. Give rest to the weary and hold the dying in your loving arms. We pray to you, O God, hear and have mercy. Grant your wisdom and compassion to healthcare workers, that they may minister to the sick and dying with knowledge, skill, and kindness. We pray to you, O God, hear and have mercy. Uphold those who keep watch with the sick. We pray to you, O God, hear and have mercy. Guide those who search for the causes and cures of sickness and disease. We pray to you, O God, hear and have mercy. Jesus, Lamb of God, hear and have mercy. Jesus, bearer of our sins, hear and have mercy. Jesus, Redeemer of the world, hear and have mercy. Compassionate God, you so loved the world that you sent us Jesus to bear our infirmities and afflictions. Through acts of healing, he revealed you as the true source of health and salvation. For the sake of your Christ who suffered and died for us, conquered death and now reigns with you in glory, hear the cry of your people. Have mercy on us, make us whole, and bring us at last into the fullness of your eternal life. Amen. O God, by the leading of a star you manifested your only Son to the peoples of the earth. Lead us, who know you now by faith, to your presence, where we may see your glory face to face. Through Jesus Christ, our God, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. O God, you made us in your own image and redeemed us through Jesus, your Son. Look with compassion on the whole human family. Take away the arrogance and hatred which infect our hearts. Break down the walls that separate us. Unite us in bonds of love and work through our struggle and confusion to accomplish your purposes on earth. That in your good time, all nations and races may serve you in harmony around your heavenly throne. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Eternal God, in whose perfect kingdom no sword is drawn but the sword of righteousness, no strength known but the strength of love, so mightily spread abroad your spirit that all peoples may be gathered under the banner of the Prince of Peace, as children of one parent, to whom be dominion and glory now and forever. Amen. Almighty God, guide the nations of the world into the way of justice and truth, 
and establish among them that peace which is the fruit of righteousness, that they may become the kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Look with pity, O God, upon the people in this land who live with injustice, terror, disease, and death as their constant companions. Have mercy upon us. Help us to eliminate our cruelty to these our neighbors. Strengthen those who spend their lives establishing equal protection of the law and equal opportunities for all. And grant that every one of us may enjoy a fair portion of the riches of this land through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Lord Jesus, for our sake you were condemned as a criminal. Visit our jails and prisons with your pity and judgment. Remember all prisoners and bring the guilty to repentance and amendment of life according to your will and give them hope for their future. When any are held unjustly, bring them release. Forgive us and teach us to improve our justice. Remember those who work in these institutions, keep them humane and compassionate, and save them from becoming brutal or callous. And since what we do for those in prison, O God, we do for you, constrain us to improve their lot. All this we ask for your mercy's sake. Amen. Almighty God, you proclaim your truth in every age by many voices. Direct in our time, we pray. Those who speak where many listen and write what many read, that they may do their part in making the heart of this people wise, its mind sound, and its will righteous. To the honor of Jesus Christ, our God. Amen. Almighty God, in giving us dominion over things on earth, you made us fellow workers in your creation. Give us wisdom and reverence so to use the resources of nature that no one may suffer from our abuse of them, and that generations yet to come may continue to praise you for your bounty. Through Jesus Christ, our God. Amen. O God in heaven, who by thy Son, Jesus Christ, has promised to all, who's, to all those who seek thy kingdom and its righteousness all things necessary to sustain their life, Send us, we entreat thee, in this time of need, such moderate rain and showers, that those who need them may receive the fruits of the earth, to their restoration and to thy honor. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Keep watch, dear God, with those who work or watch or weep this night. And give your angels charge over those who sleep. Tend the sick, gracious Christ. Give rest to the weary. Bless the dying. Soothe the suffering. Pity the afflicted. Shield the joyous. And all for your love's sake. Amen.
There's an awful lot to pray for, my friend. Prayer matters. It might take different shape. It definitely takes different shape. Depending on the person praying and the time and the place and the context and the things being prayed for. But no matter what it looks like, it matters. So however it is that you pray, my friends, I beseech you to pray. Many of the local faith communities are coming together this Saturday at St. Paul's Cathedral in Buffalo. I'm sorry, this Sunday at 4 p.m., I believe. I am going to be there. I believe that it is so important for us to put our ecumenical differences, so to speak, aside and come together in prayer. It matters so much and it is so needed right now on every scale. I'm going to share a few thoughts on the readings as I usually do. Psalm 131 is one that I have conflict with. I, I get it. I get the message of the psalmist that he is calming and quieting his soul and coming before God and lifting up to God all of his cares and concerns. But as I so often struggle with my relationship with my own biological mother, I struggle with the idealized representation of mother-child relationships. And so it helps me to see this better as I identify, not as the psalmist does with the child, but I more remember what it was like as, as the parent with my son, and then I ask God to be that mother that I tried and often fell short, but that I tried, we're all doing our best, right, to be for my son. And I do remember how he would be so tired and he would just like really fight it. You know how kids do. He would just thrash fighting that sleep. And I would take him in my arms and we had this special CD of lullabies and this special way of rocking him. It was kind of like swinging him back and forth in my arms um, very gently. That he he particularly enjoyed and I, I would start rocking him in this way and start singing through in order along with the lullabies on the CD and he would get to this one particular song most of the way through, like a few left because I would leave him with it playing as he drifted off to sleep, um, which reminds me of my own father who would sing me to sleep, but as soon as he stopped singing, I'd wake back up and cry. So that was like the, the soft transition for Jack between my voice and the recorded voice and then the silence of sleep. And so when he got to that same particular part, he'd reach for his crib and I'd gently lay him in. And so I picture 
I picture God doing that for me and that I am not entering into a time of peaceful sleep, but I am entering into a time of deep, connected and communal prayer. And I think that preparing the space, and you guys have heard me talk about this before, is important in so many ways. Preparing the space for prayer means protecting the space in which we pray. You know, we, you've heard, probably heard me say this before, that we want to open, we want to open that conduit between God and us, but we want to firmly shut the door between the enemy. We don't want to hear any of that noise. We want to hear God's voice and God's alone. And so preparing the space for us helps us both open the way for God and then also bind the way for the enemy um, to cast that far from us, to create a safe space in which to commune with God and with each other. And that's not to say that we're perfect. I mean, the enemy is the great mimic and then we need to ask God's help and discernment to know God's voice from the enemy. But that's one way in which we prepare the space. The other way, one of the other ways, there are many, is as I think this psalmist is talking about, the way that we prepare ourselves for prayer and that we get into this state where we are opening the flow between ourselves and God. And I, I think that one of the first and most important things that we do in preparing the space, you know, we get ready, we make the space safe, we protect the space, we shut firmly all the doors to anything not of God, we open the door to God in our hearts, so to speak. And then we give up to God everything that's been weighing us down, all of our burdens, all of the obstacles, anything that's coming between us and that direct connection to God, the worry, the anxiety, and there's a lot of that in this world and, and in me <laughs> these days. We give all of those cares to God and we, si we sit in silence, we quiet ourselves to hear from God. And I know that, you know, these prayers that I share with you, there's a lot of words here. There may not feel like there's a lot of silence. This is not the entirety of prayer. And I, I did for a while have, have silence built in, but it just felt so odd over the recording. So I kind of figured... We could all just pause, but maybe I'll reintroduce like here's a moment and let's hit the pause button and get quiet with ourselves, prepare that space to hear from God alone. I, I could kind of do that. I could kind of guide this that way. And for me, saying these prayers is a way of preparing the space. I think the liturgy is the most beautiful framework foundation whatever you would like to call it, for communing with God. And then David's Psalm, Psalm 132. A lot of this to me is a song of perseverance, of believing in God's promise and of pouring forth energy and effort into that promise. 
that's at least the message that I receive from it today. And I think that that's important with Epiphany because, you know, Epiphany, um, God revealing God's self to us is the promise. They're very much intertwined. Jesus is the promise. Jesus' salvation is the promise. Jesus' coming is the promise. I mean, this is all part of the Epiphany and the great gospel and the message. And we must indeed hold fast to that, um, fix our gaze on the epiphany, on Christ, on Christ's promise that is Christ, Christ's self, and focus our energies there. It is so easy to get um, sucked into or sucked away um, by so many, so many things. And yet at, at this time, at least every day, let us give to God anything that's, that's taking our energy and mindfully focus it toward prayer, in prayer, toward healing and restoration. Our Old Testament, or I'm sorry, our Hebrew scripture reading from Isaiah um, talks about, at least this is my interpretation in this context, um, the revelation of who God, God is. That these makers of idols are in confusion, but God is not speaking to us in secret. God is speaking to us the truth. And that is God's revelation. That is God's epiphany. And so let's turn away from that which is not true or lasting or perhaps not the truth. Because there are some things that have some truth in them but are nevertheless a distraction or turn out to be a distraction. So let us focus our eyes again on the revelation of God and in knowing God, know ourselves and know our purpose. And with God's help, discern exactly what the one right next thing, thing is. Maybe it's to sit still in prayer. Maybe it is to take action. Maybe it is both. Maybe it is a kind word to the neighbor. Maybe it is a donation to a nonprofit that is sending relief money for the wildfires. Maybe it is a letter to a representative expressing your feelings on the political situation and asking for help from our elected officials in power. It can take so many forms. But I think in the light of the awareness that Christ granted us through epiphany and ongoing epiphanies, right? We talked about that earlier this week. There is a particularly um, distilled and spiritual clarity to be found. And I do not think that it's any accident of timing. that we have these particular scriptural verses 
to light our way at this very dark time in our world. Our New Testament reason, um, reading speaks to that very much. Um, as Paul talks about his mission in life being to make the word of God fully known, to share the, the epiphany. And he's very clear here. He says, the mystery that was hidden but was revealed to Christ's saints. This mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. He really kind of spells it out there. The mystery that's been revealed, the epiphany, the awakening, the awareness, they are Christ. And it is, as he says in verse 29, for this I toil and struggle with all of the energy that he powerfully inspires within me. And when that energy, when our energy is depleted, we turn to Christ for refilling. And I think that's so important right now. It's so easy to get drained. There's so much going on. We can get spread so thin in so many different directions. And there are so many places that we are needed and being pulled. And so asking Christ not only for focus, but also for refilling, I think is really important. And then just in case you missed it, Paul reiterates it yet again. Knowledge of God's mystery, that is Christ himself, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And then he encourages us. He rejoices to see our morale and the firmness of our faith. May we continue to live our lives in Christ, rooted and built up in him. We're rooted in Christ and so we grow in Christ. Established in the faith abounding in thanksgiving even now and especially now we are rooted in christ together and we grow up in christ together we are built up in christ together we build each other up that's so important at this time when there's so much fractioning and turning on each other and as we were praying in our suffrages dehumanization othering however you want to put it it is so important to remember that when we root ourselves in Christ we are communally rooted and when we build up in Christ we are building each other up it is it doesn't giving to another does not take away from us seeing others raised up does not lower us on the contrary we are raised up together I, I can't reiterate that enough and then finally, our gospel reading. And this should be a familiar voice to us because it's part of our liturgy. And so we say it fairly often. Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. I want to talk about something here, and I might say it really wrong and screw it up. I'm trying. I'm doing my best. But if I get it wrong, give me some grace. Give me gentle feedback, and I promise I will learn and do better. But what I've been thinking about this is about the language that we use, um, the words that we use to describe brown-skinned people. And 
again, forgive me because I know I'm out of my lane, but I don't see it as, as black, as, as dark as the absence of light. I see the beautiful, rich, and varied hues of skin as not the absence of light, but the absorption of light, a richness of color as if all the light has, has coalesced together and, and made for something brilliant, illuminating and shining. I feel like the way we've been talking is, is backwards. And perhaps that's been the white patriarchy's way of having control, control through language that's done so often. And I think that there's definitely a shift in the language that we use or the way that we use those words that needs to happen um, for definitely Christ is the light that illumines everything. And all of our brothers and sisters shine from within for we are all descendants of Jesus Christ. And we have all inherited from Christ the Holy Spirit, the great light that shines from within. And then there's this interesting piece where he's testifying and he says he knows Jesus is and he knows the law. And I change, I'm in the habit of changing all the verbiage of father to either God or mother, what seems more appropriate. And I think maybe I did us a disservice here because go with me here. I think that perhaps Jesus, when referring to God and talking about God testifying on Jesus's behalf, so that therefore there were the two legally needed witnesses, Jesus and God, he could not say mother, I don't think, because, and I might be wrong, but I believe historically and contextually Women were not considered viable witnesses in court. So their, their testimony would not have been allowed. So it had to, in this case, be a male descriptor. And I think that we need to break free. For Jesus to say mother would have given that court system an easy out. Well, you're saying mother, women are not allowed to testify. So we, you know, we had to, because in that time period, at least for the writers of the scripture, because I, I wasn't there. You weren't there. We don't know exactly what words Jesus used other than as they have been conveyed to us through the human writer. And this is the word that the human writer is using. And it is a male gendered word. God is not male. God is beyond gender. But I think that we have described God as gendered and gendered as male, partly because of the power constraints of the time. And it is time to break free from those constraints. It is time to allow God to break free from gender 
and roles. We've been describing God in these patriarchal terms because that was the greatest power we knew in our human lives. And so we were trying to take that and then multiply it by as much as our brains would allow and envision God in that way. And I think that as epiphany evolves and our ability to understand and comprehend evolves, I really think that it is time to break free from a gendered view of God. I think that we're at that place where we can do this. My beloved siblings in Christ, co-creators of Christ's great spiritual world and sovereignty. And I need help with that. I need, I need some new words to describe things. I need some new ways to describe Christ and God and the Trinity and to envision what that looks like because we need to have some way of kind of wrapping our brains around it. And I think it's time though. I really think it's time. So Christ, during the season of Epiphany, which is in the season where you illuminate us and you open our eyes to the mystery and we know you and see you and are seen by you, help us, move us to the next evolution of our Epiphany, of our realization of you, Christ. Give us eyes to see and ears to hear. And may the Holy Spirit speak through us. Amen. Well, friends, I know that I have I have really waxed on there. There's a lot going on. Thank you for taking the time with me. I am so replenished and illuminated <laughs> um, or awakened, whatever the, gosh, I guess I've used so many words that now I'm just word salad. But our time together, through our time together, God, God reveals many aspects of God's self to me. And I hope that it is the same for you, my friends. Thank you for being here with me. Almighty God, you have given us grace at this time with one accord to make our common supplication to you. And you have promised through your well-beloved son that when two or three are gathered together in his name, you will be in the midst of them. Fulfill now, O God, our desires and petitions as may be best for us, granting us in this world knowledge of your truth, and in the age to come life everlasting. Amen. Let us bless God. Thanks be to God. May the God of hope fill us with all joy and peace in believing through the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen.